Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. One of the most significant days on the biblical calendar, and I want to emphasize the biblical calendar, is what's known as the Day of Atonement. And again, if you look at the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, in that section that speaks about the Day of Atonement, you'll see that it's called Yom HaKippurim, the Day of Atonement. Now, there's many explanations for that, but as we're going to see in our study tonight, that the high priest makes different atonements for different things, for the people, for the priesthood, for himself, for the altar, for the holy place, for many different things. This day is set apart in a unique way to bring it into a position that is the day is used to bring things into a position whereby God will work in them. And this is what our desire is, that God would work mightily in our lives, that we would be used by God. And let me just simply pause for a moment and say that if your faith is not causing you to be used by God, there is a significant problem with your faith. True faith causes us to serve God. And we see principles here in this Day of Atonement that shows how God works in order to remove those things that hinder His presence, His power among His people. God wants to remove these obstacles, and we learn principles in this study. So look with me, if you would, to the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, and we're going to begin where we left off last week in verse 18. Here, the the high priest, he has been serving God primarily in that holy place and in that place known as the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies, where he goes on the other side, very significant, on the other side of the parochet, that veil. He's on the other side where the Ark of the Covenant is and where we learn that there was a unique incense offering specifically for the Day of Atonement. Look with me to that verse, verse 18, where it says, and he will come out to the altar. So now he's going to the natural, the normal altar that's outside the Holy of Holies, that's outside the holy place in the courtyards. And that's why it says he will go out to the altar, which is before the Lord. And what will he do? He will make atonement for it. So here's one of the things that he does. He makes atonement for the altar. Why? We'll talk about that in a moment. And it says that he will take from the blood of the bull and from the blood of the goat. 
and he will set it upon the horns of the altar all around now we see something we see that it's blood that is used to make atonement i want to pause for a moment and that is to say yes blood the blood of bulls and goats and other animals like are used for the purpose of atonement but as i've shared with you many many times there is something superior to atonement and that is redemption messiah primarily worked in order to bring about redemption not atonement redemption is an eradicating of all sin where atonement is simply a covering and atonement is good redemption is better atonement happens but it's for the purpose of looking to a future redemption and this is something that cannot be overlooked or forgotten so he's doing the work but it is pale in comparison to what messiah is going to do with his own blood in bringing about eternal redemption not something that's temporal but something that is eternal look now to verse 19 and he will sprinkle upon it from the blood with his finger seven times now this is something that we have seen consistently seven times we see that atonement is a act for the purpose of bringing about a change a change in status a change in condition whereby now whatever is being atoned is able to be used for the purpose of god why do i say purpose of god that number seven now i was listening to a a fellow organization here in israel and they were talking it was in hebrew and they were talking about numbers as well and they dealt with the number seven and they believe what the church says rather than what the scripture says and i say that for a reason it is very common within christianity to hear that the number seven relates to wholeness completeness that is not the case we find that the number 10 relates relates to wholeness or that which is complete the number seven is a number that relates to holiness it relates to sanctification and sanctification and holiness is related to the purpose of god these things were being done in order that the purposes of god could be fulfilled that the people would find atonement so that they were reunited with god spiritually in order that they might serve him and what does that mean carry out his purposes so look carefully it says and and they sprinkled verse 19 and sprinkled upon it from the blood with his finger seven times and he will purify and sanctify from the the uncleansiness that is the impurity the the defilement of the children of israel now god and we see a change god is bringing about sanctification the people left to ourselves we are called to minister holiness that is to live in a way that fulfills the purposes of god but left to ourselves we tend to choose poorly 
make decisions that bring impurity into our life whereby we are handicapped spiritually and cannot do the things of god and therefore god is gracious he is merciful he is compassionate and god is working to bring about a reversal to deal with this defilement this that which is unclean so that people once more can be used by god verse 20. and when he will finish from making atonement of the holy place and the tent of the meeting and the altar so we see atonements for the holy place this is the place with the menorah with the the table of showbread and other things when he makes an atonement for the holy place then in a general sense the tent of meeting and the altar what will he do he will offer up the the goat that is alive now this offering up is literally the word to bring near so what it's telling us is that he is going to and it's within the context of an offering but a unique offering remember this is what's commonly referred to as the scapegoat and that's an important term we'll talk about that in a moment but notice what it says let me translate it more in a literal sense look again at at verse 20 at the end it says and he will bring near the goat that is alive and what will he do verse 21 and he will lay and this is aaron the high priest and aharon will lay his two hands upon the head of the living goat and he will do something and he will confess upon it all the iniquities of the children of israel and all their transgressions on account of all their sins so what we're seeing here is a transfer now the laying on of hands oftentimes represents a transfer we can see a moving of the holy spirit among the apostles when they laid hands upon we can see power being transferred a power to heal a power to forgive a power to bless but in this case we see a transfer where the sinfulness the transgressions the iniquities of the children of israel are being transferred upon the head of this goat so look again he will confess upon it all the iniquities it's in the plurals all the transgressions in the plural for all the sinfulness and it says their sinfulness and he will set them upon the head of the goat and what is he going to do and he will sin by the hand of an ish et now this means a timely man one that's there for the season and the rabbis will say that this is a very significant uh, expression one that's timely not just happens to be there but one who is prepared for that season he understands the significance of what he's called to do and he's prepared to do it he's committed to to his role that task so we see here in this verse beyad ish et and he this one that's been 
chosen for that that assignment is going to to be the one that takes this goat where into the wilderness verse 22 and the goat is going to bear upon it all their iniquity to a land that has been decreed now this is a place that has been decreed for judgment a place that god has cut out we might say for this punishment now what happens to the goat there's different opinions some say that he's led to a cliff where he's pushed over to his death doesn't say that that is an interpretation that comes from man's mind others say he simply let go and it's this removing this leading leaving the camp shows the departure of the sins of the people that god has forgiven them he's casting them away but he goes into the wilderness that is what we're told and then look again at verse 22 the goat will bear upon it all their iniquity to a land that's been decreed and he will send the goat into the wilderness verse 23 and aaron will come to the tent of meeting and he's going to do something he will with remove all of his linen garments which he dressed with when he came into the holy place and he will leave them there so now we see a changing of garments we have the linen garments that he did all of this work but now the work the first part of the work has been concluded and therefore there's going to be a change a significant change in the garments that he's going to put on at this time notice what it says verse 23 once more and aaron will come to the tent of meeting he will take off his linen garments which he dressed when he came into the holy place he will leave them there verse 24 and he will wash his flesh in water and this is referring to an immersion he will wash his flesh in water in a holy place that is a place appropriate and the water must be appropriate for immersion meaning living water water which is not stagnant and then he will put on his garments and he will go forth and he will make a burnt offering for himself and a burnt offering for the people and he will atone for himself and in behalf of the people so he's still now doing the work why things and we're talking about the holy of holies the holy place the altar the priesthood the high priesthood everything has been atoned for it has been put back in a proper in a spiritual order in a spiritual condition and now and only now he's able to do just what we said make atonement for who look at the text once more he is going to make atonement for himself and for the people verse 25 and the chalev that is the fat and some and we've talked about this before this word the choice part but we'll just translate the fat 
of the sin offering he is going to burn up upon the altar now let me point out that this is not the normal word for burning this is a different word we've encountered it before but i want to point out that that this which is being burnt up this chalif oftentimes in fact normally there's going to be an abundant amount of smoke and this smoke is significant because it is reminiscent of the incense offering and it uses a word here that relates to burning specifically an incense offering because smoke is rising up this is true with a burnt offering but it's also true when we're talking about this 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 particular part of the animal's body the chalif now let's look at verse 26 and the one who sent the goat to azazel now azazel is a place in the wilderness no one knows for certain where it is and it's a place that's decreed by god that's the implication of it it's been decreed by god as a place of judgment and azazel has that idea of punishment upon it now how that goat was punished what he experienced we don't know but he was let go in some way for some some purpose whether that was to his death or whether he just wandered in that place for the rest of his life we don't know the scripture doesn't tell us but we look at the scripture and it says look again at verse 26 and the one who set the goat to azazel he will wash his garments and then also wash his flesh in water again a a reference to immersion and afterwards he will come into the camp verse 27 and the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering their blood should be brought for atonement for the holy place and it says to go out to the midst of the camp now let's read that again it talks about the blood that was brought and perhaps the one who brought that blood for the atonement of this place he will go out the one who carried out this this job he will go outside the camp and what will he do well this one who is a servant of the high priest now the high priest is doing the bulk of the work but we've already seen that there are some that assist and apparently this one is going to do something he is going to when we look at the scripture he is the one that is going to burn up with fire very important that we see that he is going to burn up with fire their skins that is their hides and their flesh all that that is part of their bodies and also and we have the word pirsham there and i would argue that the proper way to translate this is their manure anything that is of the manure anything that came from the body must also be burnt up so we're dealing with their skin their hides their bodies all of their flesh and their manure some will translate this as their organs and this means the manure that is still inside their intestines perhaps verse 28 
and the one who burns them up, what will he do? He will wash his garments in water. He will wash his flesh in water, and afterwards he will come into the camp. Verse 29. Now, the rest of this section deals with the the right way to understand this day. And we're going to come across a word, we've already mentioned it, it's the word leolam, or simply in its short version, olam, which is a kingdom word. Now, it can relate to the kingdom of this world, and we translate olam, world. But olam can be all of space, meaning the world, the universe, or all of time, forever. But this word is uniquely related to the kingdom. And why this is important, let's continue on. Look at verse 29. And this shall be for you. I would circle that. For you. Whatever God supplies for us, we need it. And we need the truth of this Day of Atonement. The principles that we learn from the Day of Atonement. He says in verse 29, And this shall be for you, for a statue forever. I would argue that the better way to understand this is a statue for the kingdom. We learn kingdom principles from this passage of Scripture. And what else does he say? Well, notice verse 29. It shall be done in the seventh month on the tenth day of the month. And here again, nothing is by chance. We have seven and ten. Seven, holiness, ten, completeness. What does God want to do? He wants to work in our life, and this shows us some of the principles, and we'll see more principles in a second, whereby God works in a way to bring about a thorough, a complete, a whole wholeness to us for the purpose of living a holy life. So God wants to bring about that which is complete, that which is thorough, that which is in its entirety, to bring a whole holiness into our lives. And this is a kingdom reality. We'll experience this in the kingdom, but principles of this Day of Atonement are given to us so that we can recognize God's work to bring about the outcome of a kingdom experience. Notice what else he says in this verse. Look again, verse 29. And this shall be for you for an eternal statute or a kingdom statute in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, what should you do? You shall afflict your souls. Now, what does that mean? Well, traditionally, we have interpreted, and I'm speaking about the Jewish community for centuries, for a few millennial we have seen that this afflicting your soul relates to fasting. Someone will say, is that an interpretation? Yes, but one that has been supported by, by the community with evidence from God that God has agreed with that. What do I mean by that? Well, apparently, we have seen that God has moved. There was a tradition, it's recorded in the Talmud, whereby two stripes of crimson used to turn white and when they would turn white it was evidence that god received the work of the high priest on yom kippur 
that he received it and the people were atoned for it's interesting because it says in the talmud this happened up until 40 years before the destruction of the temple now why is that important because 40 years before the destruction of the temple 40 years is when messiah laid down his life and it seems to tell us that once messiah died upon that that cross and he rose from the dead that that temple service was no longer received by god and i would agree with that because something better has been provided there's no need for atonement when redemption is being offered by god but let's look at what it says you shall afflict your souls and all work you shall not do and this is true for the ezra for the citizen and for the one who dwells in your midst now it's important that we see the one who dwells if someone is in israel and he happens to be there dwelling he's called to observe that no work can be done and this was a way of of evangelizing we might say calling the people who were in that land if you're in the land there is an incumbent responsibility upon you and this is a a good principle that we should see verse 30 for on this day most bibles say on that day but it's but but when we read it it's bayom hazay not bayom hahu would be on that day bayom hazay on this day he will make atonement concerning you and what's the purpose of atonement to purify you from all your sins before the lord you shall be pure now what does that mean can we understand it in a practical sense yes we can because purity is the preparation for blessing when we're unclean defiled impure god will not bless god will look away god will not touch he will not interact with that which is impure unclean defiled but that which is pure god's going to be part of that his presence his power his provision and ultimately his blessing is a possibility and that's the purpose of atonement that we are able to be blessed by god let me say it differently that we're able to experience god and his provision so that we can serve him as he demands that we are are serving him verse 31 in regard to yom kippur it's a shabbat but a high shabbat not a seventh day shabbat necessarily but a high sabbath it can fall on different days can it fall on the regular shabbat it can but here it's saying that this day whatever it falls on it is a sacred sabbath shabbat shabbaton and it is for you that you shall afflict your souls as a a eternal statute now we see this is a good principle that that it's good once a year and there's other fast days in the bible and we should be fasting in general but why wouldn't we when yom kippur comes to remember this and remember the things that we've talked about and what we're going to talk about in a moment why wouldn't we want to fast on yom kippur 
to identify ourselves with God's covenant people. It says it's an eternal statue. I would say a kingdom statue and therefore as kingdom people, it's good to embrace these things. And why? Well, we're not, we don't have a high priesthood. There's no holy place. There's no most holy place, the holy of holies. There's no altar, but still we can learn from this. And these principles are practical for us. Notice what he says in verse verse 32. And the priests, he will make atonement. What priests? The one who is anointed. Now, he will anoint him. Who? Well, this is a priest that is anointed. And here's what's important. important. That word for anointed, there's one coming that he will anoint. That word anointing is the word mashach, meaning it's the same word for Messiah, Mashiach. And I would argue that we learn, and the scripture tells us boldly in the book of Hebrews, that Yeshua is our great high priest. What's the implication of that? When we study the 16th chapter of the book of Leviticus, we learn a paradigm for understanding the work of messiah did he do his work on yom kippur no but he secured through his work something better than atonement he secured for us eternal redemption and we know why because his blood is more precious than the blood of of goats and sheep and bulls and oxen that's what the writer of hebrew says so look again at our text verse 32 and the priest will anoint who is or excuse me the priest will atone the priest will atone the one who he will anoint who will fulfill his place to to serve under his father isn't that what messiah is doing serving under his heavenly father carrying out his heavenly father's will and this one is going to put on the the linen garments and the holy garments verse 33 and he will make atonement for the holy sanctuary now by the way we're going to see something if you look at the book of daniel chapter 9 messiah messiah is going to make a a change in status of the temple that temple is going to be desecrated by the antichrist messiah is going to purify it we see that in the in the scripture so all of this is very prophetic what we're reading now look again at at verse 33 and he will make atonement for the holy sanctuary and for the tent of meeting and the altar he will atone and concerning the priests and concerning all the people of the congregation he will atone now again you see here how the high priest on the day of atonement brings about a total change from that which is defiled due to sin transgression and iniquity how he brings a reserve reversal back to purity and it involves all the utensils in getting ready for a new beginning and what we see here is messiah is going to do that same thing now he's done the work of redemption when he came the first time 
But when he comes again the second time, and I'm not speaking about the rapture, I'm speaking about the second coming, he is going to pour out judgment and he is going to bring about a change in status among his people, among the city of Jerusalem, that city that is known as Sodom and Egypt is going to once more be the holy city. And he is going to bring about a purity upon that temple that had been desecrated and it's going to be used during the millennial kingdom. It is going to be a place of worship where those who are circumcised both in heart and flesh are going to worship God. See, here's the problem. There is a strong tendency. In fact, I have a good friend, Derek Skoglin, and Derek is part of a denomination. He shared with me that that 30 years ago, when he was young in that denomination, the vast majority of the pastors were premillennial. They believed that there was a millennial kingdom. But now in that denomination, the majority does not. And why is it so popular for believers today, and we question really whether they are a believer, to deny the millennial kingdom, to be what's called an amillennialist? Well, the reason for that is they don't understand Messiah properly. What he's going to do, those who are amillennialists are usually very ignorant of the prophetic scriptures about the last days they don't deal with prophecy they don't see what messiah is going to do and why he needs to do it they they deny the millennial kingdom because they think that the torah is done away with the commandments are no longer relevant they can't grasp a christ that is going to enforce the keeping of the law for a thousand years well that's tragic because the bible says that's exactly what messiah is going to be doing and look if you would to our last verse verse 34. we've just seen that he is going to make atonement for all the people of that congregation the congregation those who are prepared for the work of the high priest let me ask you a question are you prepared for the work of the great high priest not just what he's done but what he's going to do when he returns verse 34 and we'll conclude and this shall be remember that word zot primarily when it's in the feminine zay in the masculine zot in the feminine when it's in the feminine and stands alone it doesn't modify something like like this book this this garment this day when it stands by itself it's talking about something that is is primary so look at it carefully and this shall be for you again for you that's over and over for you a statue and i would say of the kingdom we learn kingdom truth through this statue to make atonement for the children of israel and notice this from all their sins once in a year now the day of atonement i would strongly say to you points to messiah why if you and we've done this together we've been studying chapter by chapter verse by verse the book of leviticus and we've seen that many of the atonements the sin offerings and such are for a certain type of sin one that's done remember this bishgaga 
meaning done without intention not an act of rebelliousness but an accident that i didn't intend to do this yes i'm guilty yes it's sin but i didn't want to do that sin it happened by by chance now you still have to deal with it you're still guilty but this atonement this sacrifice of the day of atonement is for all sin every sin no limitation and praise god that the work of messiah yeshua jesus christ is for all sin every sin past sins present sins future sins big sins or little sins makes no difference his blood has purchased eternal redemption from all sin and that's why this verse is so important because it foreshadows this great work of messiah look again at verse 34 and this shall be for you a kingdom statue to make atonement concerning the children of israel from all their sins once in a year and we learn from the liturgy of yom kippur from this day of yom kippur until the next it's futuristic just like messiah from the moment that you believe it it deals with not only your past sins but your future sins and then finally it says and he did meaning the high priest he did and we can say the great high priest has also done just as the lord commanded the lord commanded moses messiah has fulfilled the law all of the law and not only has he fulfilled it but he has also brought about eternal redemption for all those who would receive him indeed it's not by accident that we read in the book of hebrews chapter 4 that yeshua hamashiach that he is our great high priest in the order of malchizedek that is in the order of malchizedek he is my righteous king and it's only when i acknowledge him as my righteous king that i can experience the righteousness his righteousness being imputed to me so that i can have the assurance that when i go before god god sees not my sinfulness it's been eradicated all my sins done away with he sees the righteousness of his son and praise god for that because that gives me assurance and that assurance causes me to be humble causes me to know it's nothing that i have done i was in absolute need i was desperate spiritually and the only one i want to say that again the only one that can change my eternal future is messiah he is the one that's anointed by his heavenly father to purchase and achieve eternal redemption where i can become part of god's eternal family praise god we learn so much from the day of atonement concerning spiritual truth that is ultimately carried out and made available to us through our great high priest yeshua mashiach jesus christ praise him and until next week shalom from Israel. well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. 
There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.